morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. together right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. Let's magnify the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I came expecting God to show up I came expecting God to do something today amen now uh, you know I hope I don't come across rude right now to you but let me say this if you're here and you just want to sit there God ain't going to do nothing for you but you've got to engage your faith in order to see something take place. It all happens by faith. It's all done by faith. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We are so grateful. We are so grateful to be here. We, uh, we really do love being here. And... We just love the friendship of your pastor and his wife. Thank you so much for being our friends. Thank you so much for trusting us to stand behind this pulpit. And uh, thank you for believing in us. And uh, I know, I know it was several years I was hoping that we would get connected. And it finally happened. And uh, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I respect highly highly respect your pastor and his wife I do um, now take it from somebody okay you know what there are places that you you know we're somewhere different every weekend and uh, there's some places you go do you show up you pull in the parking lot you're thinking man we can't wait till we tour This ain't one of those places, though. <laughs> we, uh, you know what? And we also love you. Everybody here has been so kind to us. Everybody here has just treated us so wonderfully. And I mean, right from, right from we walk into our room and there's, just wonderful gift baskets for us and uh, just the hospitality of everybody you know I'm going to say this is that you don't you don't get that everywhere you go you do not get that everywhere you go and, and as someone who goes somewhere different every week there are places that you look forward to coming And I can just feel the love. I'm getting all wussified here. But we just, we love y'all so much. And so thank you. For, 
Thank you for caring for my family and praying for us and, and believing in us, okay? I guess maybe I should just move on and maybe I get these wussified tears all out of here now. <laughs> Pastor Jonathan, you just, you do a great job with Pastor. Amen. You know, behind every great man of God and leader, there needs to be somebody who's willing to catch the vision. And y'all got a man who's willing to catch the vision. And you got somebody who's not going to sit there and buck up against them, but is going to say, whatever you need and whatever you want, I'm here to support you. I'm not here to fight you. That's what you got in this, in a senior assistant pastor. Pastor Ray, you are doing a phenomenal job with the youth. Amen. An absolutely phenomenal job. Man, you've come to be my friend. And uh, appreciate you so much. And thank you for letting me come and talk to the youth groups that were here on Friday. Um, I believe that the call of God went out. I believe it did. Amen. I don't believe that as the church grows in age that it becomes weaker. I believe it gets stronger. With every new generation comes a stronger anointing. And the generation that's coming up right now has the strongest anointing that humanity has ever known. And Pastor Ray, you're leading them. You're leading them. Amen. I guess the only thing left for me to do is do what I love to do, and that's preach. All right? Now, now let me just say this, okay? Let me just say this. Tonight, I'm going to preach. All right? I mean, I'm going to flat out preach. And so it's time to light it up. <laughs> I'm believing God's got a word for somebody. Amen? Now, I, I, if you've never met me before, I've been told I can get excited sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to the book of John, chapter number 11. Book of John, chapter number 11. My two boys are here. I love them so very much. You want to know what? I believe. I be Pastor, you know what I believe? I believe in getting them involved. You know what? Those boys have had hands on people who have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Those boys have had people have their hands laid on people and have seen people come out of wheelchairs and seen great miracles and blind eyes opened. I want to invest them into everything in the kingdom of God. Amen. My beautiful princess there. Brimbrin, she's just getting up. Love her very much and love my wife. She's my best friend. She's my best friend, and it's just not my ministry, it's our ministry. She's as much a part of this as me. Amen? You know what I love? I love that she believes in prayer while I stand and believe and speak it out. Yeah. Sis, I'm so happy for you today. Woo! Woo! 
my goodness, sis, I saw you walking down there. I was like, dude, it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> All right, here we go. John chapter number 11. I'm going to uh, verse number 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Oh. Going over to verse number 43. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Here it is right now. And he that was dead. He that was dead came forth. I'm just going to stop right there. Now I'm going to preach to you on this subject. Resurrecting a buried spirit. Resurrecting a buried spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all expecting today? You ready for the... Amen. Hallelujah. Would, before you're seated, could you just put your Bibles down right now? And could, you, could you lift up your hands right now? Lift up your hands and with an expectation, lift up a voice uh, and begin to pray right now. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. We worship you. We magnify you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would speak into somebody's heart. Speak into somebody's mind today, Lord Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that every person under the sound of my voice right now that is in a battle that they are going through in their mind, in a battle of the past of what they're carrying around, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, that you would lift up your voice into their lives and call them out of the grave of what they have buried their past in. In the name of Jesus, glorify yourself in this house tonight and confirm with signs following. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Y'all may be seated. Resurrecting a buried spirit. Uh, there was a man that you can read about in John chapter number 11, Lazarus, and he became sick. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, they sent word out to Jesus. And they said, "Go, we want you to go and tell Jesus that he whom thou lovest is sick. We know, Jesus, that you love him. So there must be something special that you're willing to do to come and touch them. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to declare to you tonight that just because you go to church, just because you pray and you, and, and, and you read his word and you tithe and, and, and you do your very best to live for him, just because of all of that does not exempt you from the realities of life. 
Because whether or not you can understand it, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And there will be times and circumstances that life will show up and right flat kick you right in the face. But it's who it is that you are hanging on to that is going to allow you and help you get up in every single time of need. When the storm presses in and life comes in and begins to shake you to the point of not knowing what to do it's who's in the boat that you can rely on it's whether or not you know that you've got a relationship with the one who cannot be shaken it's whether or not you know that you've got the relationship with the God who is unchanging who never fails who will never let you fail who will never let you go beyond his reach oh yes there might be some days that rise up that challenge us and shake us to our very core that causes us to wonder am I ever going to get up and get out of where I am but you can rest assured you can stand firm on the foundation of what you are built upon that knows no matter what comes against me no matter what type of hell or high water rises up in me I know that I'm loved by a love that will refuse to let me go you know sometimes God allows things to happen in our life in order for us to see him differently. You look at Job. You remember Job? Those of you who read your Bibles? Job, after all he went through, after every trial and every setback and thing that he battled with, after it was all said and over, Job said, I've heard of thee by the hearing of my ear, but now my eye seeth thee. In other words, he saw God in his own little intellectual way. But after God allowed things to transpire in his life and he held on to that love that he had, it allowed him to just going from I've heard of thee to now I can see you. Because it's through storms that realign your vision. It's through storms that realign what it is that you can see. I remember, I remember we were in uh, the Philippines and we were traveling up to Baguio, and uh, we were going up to Baguio, and you have to go up this uh, big mountain in order to get there, and as we were going through to Baguio, there was, we came across this, it, it was like a turn like this, and you could look down into this massive valley, and looking down in this massive valley, I saw there was a mountain in the middle of this valley, and pass-
He said to me, he said, you know what happened here? I said, nope, not a clue. He said, years and years ago, what happened was there was an earthquake that took place. The heart of the earthquake went right through this valley. And what happened was, was the land was broken. And over time, what would take place is through the shifting of the earth. The broken landmass that was there, as it began to shift, it would begin to collide together. And when the land would begin to collide together, it would begin to form a mountain. And as we were driving and I was pondering and thinking about all of this, the Lord spoke to me and he said, mountains are formed where things are broken. You cannot experience a mountain unless you are willing to endure the brokenness. Mountains are not something that you, that you can experience the top of without having to work to get to the top. We all want to have the miracle. We all want to experience the altitude of the top of the mountain. But we never want to endure the brokenness of what causes a mountain to take place. I've come to preach to somebody tonight that it might seem like that you're trapped in the valley. It might seem like that you're there and you're sitting in the valley with no hope of arising out with no hope or wonder on how you're gonna get out and I've come to tell you that your valley that it might seem like that you're in right now is not a place where God has destined you to stay and to live and to learn how to live but there has been a breaking that's come through the midst of your valley and God's saying I'm not gonna cause you to just stay and learn to live in the brokenness of a valley I'm just preparing a mountain so that you can experience a shifting in the altitudes I'm just expel oh come on now somebody come on now somebody your valley is not your end your mountain is just beginning to be built your brokenness is not the end of your story because the mountain is beginning to form and the victory on top of the mountain is where God's taken you today Man, you know who I love? Man, I love old Zeke. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, man, he's my boy. Old Zeke, Lord takes him out, takes him into the valley, pastor. Takes him into the valley. He looks around. Lord said, hey, Zeke, what you see, man? I said, dude, I'm seeing all these dry bones. I'm sorry, can you turn me up so they can hear me, please? 
He said, what you see, man? I said, I'm seeing dry bones. He said, okay, Bo, can these dry bones live? I said, you know. <laughs> you want to know what? What was the purpose of God placing Ezekiel to see the vision of dry bones in the valley? It was not so that Ezekiel could get used to seeing dry bones in a valley, but it's so that Ezekiel could see something that he's never seen before. He said, Zeke, my purpose for you of going into this valley is to see something you've never seen before. I don't want you, Ezekiel, to just get used to going into a valley and learn how to live with dead and dry. He said, Zeke, I want you to understand that when you enter in a valley, at some point or another, the winds are going to begin to blow. Oh, come on, somebody. I said the winds are going to begin to blow. And there's going to be a shaking. And all of a sudden, there's going to begin. After that shaking, there's going to be something that's going to begin to be put together. And I'm going to show you that through the wind and through the breaking is going to cause life to come. Because I never intended for you to stay in a valley of death I intended you to go into the valley and watch me turn your situation around God specializes in taking that which is dead and turning it around. Come on now, somebody. Your mountain is being performed. Your mountain is being built. Your valley is not there for you to learn to stay living in. Because God's saying, I don't want you to get used to the altitude of the valley. I want you to prepare for the shifting altitude of the victory on top of the mountain. Man, come on now. I'm just getting warmed up. Y'all who are new, new here tonight didn't see me this morning. Y'all have to pardon me, okay? Sometimes I can raise my voice a little bit and get excited. You want to know what? I just have a passion to see people. I have a passion to see people who are broken come back together. That's my passion. I ain't interested in some philosophical dumb debate. All I'm interested in is seeing Jesus Christ show himself real into somebody's life. You want to debate? Go ahead all you want to. I'm, sta- I'm showing you proof uh, that I was a junkie, but now God turned me around. You can't argue my story. You can't debate my story. I'm living proof uh, of an unchanging God.
let me, just let me preach a little while. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I love y'all. I love y'all. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now, here it is. There's this Mary and Martha. Now, they sent word to Jesus, okay? They sent word to Jesus because huh, they, Mary and Martha believed that Jesus could do something. She, they believed. Now, that was great that they believed, but you've got to learn to believe not locked into your time zone, but locked into what his time zone is. Okay? And so, they're Mary and Martha. They're sitting there believing. And you want to know what? They sent word and Jesus receives word. Watch what Jesus says. Boy, I got a word for somebody tonight. Jesus spoke in verse 4. said, this sickness is not unto death, but it's to the glory of God. I've come to tell somebody today. Your circumstance is not unto death. You hear the voice of this evangelist right now. I said that the situation that you are battling, the valley that you are facing is not unto death. You can sit there. Oh, come on now, somebody. Don't you dare allow yourself to believe the lie of an enemy that says you are going to stay in the valley of turmoil you are going to stay in the valley of wondering how to get out you're never going to be able to see beyond the blanket of darkness that you're in but I've come to preach to somebody that your circumstance is not under death I declare in this place today that you will arise up out of the ashes you will arise up out of your circumstance you will not die in the valley, but you will walk out in a brand new victory in something that you've never experienced before. I curse the lie of the enemy. I rebuke the lie of the enemy that says you're going to die in your dilemma. Honey, you ain't dying. You're walking out tonight. Oh, dude. And so here's Mary and Martha. They sent and they go and tell Jesus. Jesus said, Yep, it ain't unto death. Not happening. So, Mary and Martha. Now they're sitting there. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, Pastor Jonathan, can you imagine Mary and Martha sitting there? They're holding Lazarus, okay? They're holding Lazarus. They're looking down the road, wondering, when's Jesus coming by? Where is he? Their faith was causing their eyesight to be down the road as opposed to the victim of what they needed Jesus to come and heal. They had faith believing that 
there was a man who was about to come into their presence and do what they needed. They called unto him and they believed that he was going to come. And in the last moments of their trial, Luke, in the last moments of what they were facing, holding Lazarus as the clock of life began to tick down and tick down and Jesus was nowhere to be found as they were looking down and as Lazarus was taking his last breaths there he was there were looking Jesus where are you where are you we're believing you to show up and the last breath of Lazarus was taken and Lazarus died Everything that Mary and Martha had shattered on the ground. Their faith in everything that they believed for never came through. Mary and Martha believed that Jesus would come. What did they do? Strodonal, they took Lazarus. Mary and Martha took Lazarus. And they went to the tomb. And they laid Lazarus down. But before they turned around and walked out. Faith was left lying with Lazarus. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Y'all are lucky I'm bound by a chain right now. Faith was left there with Lazarus. Trust was left there with Lazarus. Everything that they had believing that he would come, they said no. Pastor, we opened ourselves up and believed and made ourselves vulnerable never again never again will i allow myself to be so vulnerable that i'll open up to somebody and they laid it aside beside lazarus and they walked out of that tomb and they took the stone they began to push it over the mouth of the grave where they were covering up the faith and the trust that they had and they said we will never reveal it to somebody else again and they covered up that grave You see, they made themselves vulnerable to God. But yet he never came through when they thought that he should come through. They had faith believing, but yet he never came through when they thought that he should come through. They had trust in him, but yet he never came through and answered that trust. They cried to him. 
Oh, come on. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. I'm preaching to somebody just like Mary and Martha. That you found yourself in a place, in a valley where you were not able to take care of it yourself I come on now I'm talking to somebody that years ago you've carried around a grave on your back for years you've made yourself vulnerable at some point in life and you thought that it wouldn't be broken but yet somebody broke the vulnerability that you had opened up in your life at some point uh, and there you said at that moment uh, I will never open up to somebody else again I'll never allow somebody to get close to me like this again because I trusted I believed I tried and yet I became so broken in what I was facing that you said I'm gonna bury it away uh, and I'm never gonna let somebody come into my life again and hurt me the way that I was hurt so many years ago that's why you won't even allow pastor to be able to minister to you in the way that he needs to because you refuse to allow anybody to get close enough to you that allows him to speak into your life oh I'm in the Holy Ghost right now Just like Mary and Martha. You did everything that you could. But yet it all crumbled. Your life fell apart. Shattered and broken. Dreams all broken. And watch this now. Jesus all of a sudden comes on the scene. Jesus comes walking. Oh, dude. Watch this now. Martha comes running out. Watch this now in verse uh, 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Wouldn't have. No, if you were here, she puts the blame on him. Where were you, Jesus, in the midst of the greatest trial that I've ever had to face? How do you deal with life? When the hardest moment presents itself to you and you have no idea what to do when it seems like God doesn't show up when you call to him. What do you do when you find yourself in a life situation where you are too weak to protect yourself 
And the only thing you can do is say, God, help me. But then, Pastor Jonathan, having to deal with the fact that when you thought you needed him the most, he doesn't show up. Oh, come on now, somebody. Because right now, God's beginning to peel back layers in the spirit. Because you found yourself in a certain place in life where you were too weak to protect yourself. And you cried out, I need help. But he never showed up. Where were you if you're this loving God? Where were you when I was so weak and young to, I couldn't even protect myself. If you're this loving God, why would you let me go through what I faced? How could you allow my husband to do that? How could you let my wife do that? I was just a child and I couldn't help myself. Where were you? I thought you were a loving God I thought that you were one who would protect where were you when I needed you and yet here we are here we are, pastor. We find ourselves in a place where just like Mary and Martha, when it was all over, they took the situation and buried it away. And they left some things with the situation the trust and the faith and they took the stone and they rolled it over the mouth and sealed it up and said nope not touching it anymore but yet what Mary and Martha carried around with them was the thoughts and the memories that they had to carry around for so many for so long they had to carry around the thoughts and memories of Lazarus they had to carry around they tried to hide it but yet the and your mind is the enemy's playground and if the enemy can do anything in your life what he'll do is he'll play in your mind of the thing that you thought that God didn't hear you thought that God didn't know where you were 
and you're having to carry around on your back the very memories of the past. Oh. Jesus said, honey, you were wondering where I am? You thought, Martha, you thought that I could speak life before he was dead. But I want you to know, Martha, that the valley that you're in right now is deeper than where it was when your brother was alive. And I want to show you, Martha, something that you wouldn't be able to see if I came before Lazarus had died. I want to show you, Martha, that I am the resurrection. I want to show you, Martha, that I am the life. I want to show you, Martha, that there is no circumstance, that there is no valley, that there is no pit, that there is no life, that there is no brokenness, that there is nothing that is too far down that my hands cannot reach to and resurrect it back to life. He said, Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. God knows where you are. I said, God knows where you are. He knows your name. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows exactly what you're facing. Isaiah 40 and 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, he who hath created these things, he bringeth out their host by number, for that he was strong in power. You ready for this? Pastor, this is what kicks us in the face all the time. Not one faileth. Turn me up again, please. Not one faileth. You don't think God knows where you are? He said, look up into the heavens. Look up into the sky. He said, look up into all the stars. They are innumerable to mankind. But yet God said, I know all and every single one of them. I place them there with my voice. I know their name. I know where they are. I know exactly when I created them. You ready for this? For that he is strong in power. Not one faileth. There is nothing in his power that can fail in your life. 
The question is, will you believe for his power to come into your life? Or will you sit there and debate and walk out of here with the same stupid junk that you walked in here with? I don't mean to be say that in a rude way, okay? I hope that you can understand where I'm coming from. You can sit there and debate all you want to on the power of God that can come into your life or you can walk out of here with the same junk and mess that you walked in here with. The only difference is you weren't willing, you weren't willing to step out and try it. I said it this morning, if you're hungry enough, it doesn't matter what the solution is that's put in front of you. If you're hungry enough, you're willing to step out and try the solution that's put in front of you. I'm going to preach that hunger, Sister O'Donnell. Yo, we need a tag team, all right? <laughs> you want to know what? This ain't some magic trick show. Okay? Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm about ready to bust off this deal, man. I won't. Man, I'm like a falcon. My toes are wanting to just... I'm so used to walking around, everybody. I'm telling you, this is not a magic trick show. You can't sit there and say, God, prove yourself to me. Wasn't Calvary enough? Oh, it's about to get real right now. I said, wasn't Calvary enough? He thought you were worth it before saving. Hey, that was proof enough for me. That's proof enough for me. You want to know what? God can just walk on by you if you just want to sit there and debate about it. Hey, Sister O'Donnell, you, I know you know about my, my boy, Barty. Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. Watch this now, okay? He's walking by. Jesus walking by. Old Barty's sitting there on the road. He recognizes, yo, it's this Jesus walking by. I ain't going to sit there and keep my mouth shut. I'm going to try. You know what he says, Sister Donald? Jesus walking by. He said, I ain't going to keep my mouth shut while he's walking by because I know my answer is getting further away. Either I can speak up right now or I got to deal with living the rest of my life the way I'm living it. Hey. I don't mean to come across rude and unkind, but sometimes life gives us a bad hand. 
but God stepped in here tonight and saying, I can turn your hand around. I can give you a new hand. Don't just allow me to walk by. Interrupt me as I'm walking by. Yo, I'm about to bust some of you up right now. How much? When did I start? It's okay. I need to get my top, my stopwatch working, Luke. Tomorrow. Yeah, we were down in Texas. We ended up preaching a ten-week revival down there. And there was this girl. She was there. It was the first service that we started, Pastor O'Donnell. And she, she was there. I was preaching. Dude, she runs to the altar. I mean, when I say the service blew up, it blew up. I mean, everyone was just juking and jiving and throwing down. And I'm thinking, man, what's going on here? I don't know what's going on. I come to find out, pastor, I come to find out. A lady that ran up to the front and fell down got refilled with the Holy Ghost. I thought she was filled with the Holy Ghost. I was wrong. She was refilled with the Holy Ghost. But she used to be the music director at the church. She was married, had a son, went to TBC, was on a tour with TBC, music director at the church. What happened? Crystal meth happened. Broke her marriage. Her son was taken away. Left church was found on the streets of Houston prostituting herself. She made her way back from Houston up to Lufkin. She was living on a property with the house and the multiple trailers on it. She had a room in the house. And her door was left open for any guy or guys who wanted to come and run a train on her. Just to be able to get her and support her habit. But that first Sunday that we were there, I was preaching that God could do anything. And that lady refused to wait for the end of service. She refused. Oh boy, if you can sit there and not rejoice about someone getting set free, there's something seriously wrong with you. And so, dude, it blew up, okay? I found all this out, man. Well, we, I mean, we're down there all the time. And uh, this past summer, I flew down there. I had four revivals that I had to do down there. Flew back, quarantined at home. COVID didn't get me. <laughs> 
And uh, you know what I saw when I was there? I saw a lady. I saw a lady holding her baby boy. I saw a lady who was put back together. I said, that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. It's got nothing to do with debating about who he is, what he's done, the means of salvation. It's got all to do with finding the broken and putting them back together. Because people are important. Let me finish preaching now. Man. I don't even know where I am. No, I'm... I am teasing, okay? I am teasing. I just want to joke. I believe it's okay to have fun in church. I, I need to get done. I'm sorry. So watch this now. He said, I'm the resurrection, the life. Watch. Watch what Jesus said in verse 34. He's got a question. Where have you laid him? You don't think he knew where? I feel another preach coming on me now. You don't think that Jesus knew where he was laid. Sister O'Donnell, you know what he was wanting to do? Jesus was saying, come on now, honeys. It's time for you to get real with me. You've tiptoed around me all you can do. I'm sick and tired of you tiptoeing around me. I think it's time that you take me back to that moment in life where everything broke down. I want you to take me back to that place where you lost your faith in me. I want you to be so vulnerable right now that you open your heart up to me and you take me back to the place where I can speak my resurrection power. Now watch this now. They take him back and they take him to the grave. You know what he sees, Pastor O'Donnell? He sees the rock that was there. He said, all right, girls. It's time to put some boots to action right now and start moving this rock. I want you to move it. You want to know why? Because miracles can't come unless the hardness of heart is removed. Your heart can be so hard that it stops the miracle that God wants to give to you. But God's saying, if you can remove the hardness of heart uh, and let me step in uh, to your life, uh, then I can speak a miracle without the hardness of heart stopping me. Ladies and gentlemen, I have only met uh, one thing uh, that can stand God face to face uh, and watch God lose, lose uh, and that's a hardness of heart. Uh, because if your heart 
heart is hardened, God cannot penetrate through and do the miracle that he wants to do. That's why he says it's time to move the stone. Remove it. Move it right out of the way. Let me see your openness. Become vulnerable to me. I'm about done and the Holy Ghost can fall. <clears throat> and because they moved that stone, Jesus stepped to the entrance of that grave. Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that he that was dead came forth. And when Lazarus walked out of that grave, Lazarus wasn't the only one who came walking out of the grave that day. No, because behind Lazarus was a buried faith that was following him out. And behind Lazarus was a buried trust that was coming out. God's saying, if you can remove the hardness of heart... I'll reach back into your childhood. I'll set you free. I'll remove what you've carried around with you for so many years. Oh, come on now, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody. You've been carrying around your past for so many years. But God is saying, I'm about to resurrect what the enemy has tried to use of your past to destroy you I'm going to give your past life again I will resurrect what the enemy has destroyed thank you for joining us today we pray this message spoke into your life your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram, and on Facebook, just search Life Church, and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask, if possible, from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review, or even both. And share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.